Conversations with Leaders is a podcast focused on the intersection of business and technology. In this episode, AWS Enterprise strategist Jonathan Allen is joined by Chavi Arora, partner at McKinsey, and Tom Adams, general manager for business consulting and advisory partners at AWS, to discuss overcoming roadblocks to scaling your organization's digital transformation. I'm Jonathan Allen. I'm a director in the enterprise strategy team, Amazon Web Services, a team of former CIOs, CTOs, CFOs, and CISOs who led all-in transformation journeys as customers into AWS. And I've been at AWS uh, six years. Before joining AWS, I spent 18 years at Capital One Bank uh, as a software engineer and eventually as a divisional chief technology officer. Xavi, would you like to introduce yourself next? I'm a partner at McKinsey & Company. I do a lot of my work in technology, advising technology organizations on everything from strategy to transformation. The last five years have been focused very much on helping my clients go to cloud. When I started out a few years ago in cloud, the questions that our clients would ask were more around, what is the business case to go to cloud? What should my strategy be? How do I convince the board that this is the right thing to do? And now over time, the conversations are starting to evolve. Now the questions that we are advising clients on are more like, hey, I've been on this journey to cloud for the last few years. Why am I not seeing the value that I thought I was going to get? How do I get value at scale and and adoption at scale? Uh, And how do I drive business transformation with this platform? Thanks, Chavi. Tom. Tom Adams. I am the general manager for the business consulting and advisory partners at AWS. I've been at AWS for almost five years, a little shorter than you, Jonathan. But for those five years, really focused on and working with companies like McKinsey on how we can unlock that full potential of the cloud for our customers, certainly working with the C-suite part of it. And I've been in technology for over 30 years and really, and actually worked for McKinsey for about eight years. And really, it's always been around how do we use technology to enable business to do different things and really work with them. So I'm so excited about the conversation today around cloud adoption and how we're seeing that move forward and what we're doing today and with our customers. Awesome. Well, thanks, folks. Let's get straight into it. And one of the things I want to really bring out for the audience today is lessons learned. Let's focus on those lessons learned and let's get straight into it. One of the things that I find interesting when we look at some of the data is that customers have a tendency to get stuck on their journey. I've seen this. You've seen this. Heck, you know, on my journey, I got stuck quite deeply a couple of times. Xavi, what are you seeing as this getting stuck? And what's one or two practical things that folks can do to get unstuck? You're absolutely right, Jonathan. Companies are getting stuck. And in fact, McKinsey did research recently. We wanted to really be fact-driven, right? data-driven in, in how we're proposing the solutions to our clients. And so we did this research with about 100 cloud leaders and we surveyed them, interviewed them, asked them about where they are in their cloud journey and why are they getting stuck. And the data very much supports what you just said, Jonathan, You know, about most of the leaders that we surveyed said that their aspiration is to be more than 50% in cloud. You know, More than 50% of their environment, they would like to be in cloud. However, only 9% of them were seeing value at scale. 56% of them said they hope that they're going to start to see some value, even though they've been in the journey for a few years. And they do feel a little bit stuck because they've been at it for a few years, but they don't see adoption at scale. And there are a few reasons for that. Number one is not leveraging high value use cases in cloud. So a lot of the cloud programs would begin with Let's shut down data centers or, you know, let's think about an IT transformation. This is the next frontier of computing. And so let's move to cloud. 
But if it's not really underpinned by some sort of a business functionality that can bring in a disproportionate amount of value, that can often make you feel like you've spent a lot of money, right? Because you're still building the same type of foundation in cloud. You're still spending a lot of money in migrating your applications to cloud, but you're not seeing the return or the benefit out for a few years at least, right? So you run out of cash very quickly. Things end up costing a little bit more than what you'd imagine. And lo and behold, you're out of your transformation dollars and you couldn't reach the scale. Plus business still doesn't know, right, what the value of this thing could be. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is spending too much in cloud foundations. Security team and cloud platform teams sort of are still going at it. They're trying to figure out what the right security approved cloud architecture is while they're going to do that. Developers have already bought a bunch of different tools and suddenly you have a cloud foundation sprawl, right? You have two to three different types of landing zones. Everybody has a different sort of pipeline to get to cloud. It costs you a lot. Everybody is on non-standardized platforms and, you know, you're, you can't move forward in a, in a streamlined fashion. So that's another thing that causes companies to get stuck. Chavi, I totally agree with you. But I think oh, the other side to it is, is also the aspiration that I see is out there is having the business do different things, right? And that's what's really the power. And, and even in the research you've done, most of the value from the cloud adoption, 75% of it really comes from the innovate side, really doing the business-centered stuff versus the tech-centered. Yet what I think happens is the idea of the transformation gets pushed to IT. Everyone says, IT, go do it. But to be successful and get the value, the business is going to have to do different things. And I think what happens is, is people don't get the business alignment and the buy-in to make sure that they not only understand what the value can be, but what they have to do as well, right? Because as you go through this, people move the easy stuff, the stuff that IT can control, but to really unlock that value, you need to have the business do it. So you can build a data lake, but if there's no one there to swim, it doesn't matter, right? So what can you really do to really help them do that? And I think part of it is I think you get overwhelmed with options and approaches from a lot of multiple vendors. So there's a lot of analysis paralysis you were sort of talking about, Xavi. And so it's like, well, what do I do? How do I make it? How do I make it happen? Working with McKinsey and AWS, working backwards from the customer's goals, their aspirations, how do we build that network of partners to help them achieve these goals? But it really is comprehensive, right? It really is saying, we've got to bring the right technical specializations, expertise, but we really also got to bring that change management, the business alignment, because if the business isn't going to prioritize this transformation and this adoption, then it gets stalled, right? And that's what I think gets people stuck. And that's been my experience around it. A couple of things that I've shared, you know, and and just agreeing with you both, but a couple of practical things that folks can take away from this is on the journey I went on, I had to get out my office as a CTO and stand by the teams that were going and, and listen to what we were doing. And a lot of times, you know, there's a few things going on. Fear of the unknown, big one, right? People are afraid of how is this going to affect my job? Totally normal human reaction. Second thing, as a leader, you've got to stand by them and listen and then remove blockers. So blockage removal, you know, it's just building on what you both said, super important. And then you both mentioned you've got to have a business goal of why you're trying to achieve this. Now, a business goal could be you want to go for cost reduction and you want to exit and migrate, and that's awesome. But agreeing with you both, one of the use cases I see working in the financial services industry, which is where I spend most of my time, a lot of folks are trying to improve revolving credit, trying to reduce fraud. Now, a lot of the experiments they're needing to do in that space, a lot of the machine learning experiments are going to fail. And that's a really good thing for an experiment to fail. 
when you're doing in that three or four week time. Because when you find that one idea you want to really scale and you put it in production, now that's where that's going to add a lot of customer value. I want to come back to you, Chavi, a little bit. Now, a lot of folks start off sometimes, you know, Tom, you mentioned this analysis paralysis, and they go looking at the business case. And what help or advice can you give folks on that business case side? Because McKinsey, I'm sure, get asked to do a lot of work and advice in that space. My advice on business case would be to take a step back and reflect before you actually start building a business case. Because a business case needs to be informed by your strategic decisions. And there are some very key ones that in our research and our work, Jonathan, that we've seen have had a very strong correlation with the kind of business case that you put forth and the kind of business case that then you start executing on. So I'll give you an example. The first question that I ask my clients, what is the scope of this cloud program? Is it purely IT or is it IT plus one business domain or is it IT plus a few different use cases from multiple domains, right? Or it could be a fourth archetype, et cetera. But roughly, these are the three archetypes that I see my clients considering. In trying to make that decision, you often feel, right, like the CIOs or the CTOs often realize that they need to go partner with the right business leaders and show them the art of the possible with cloud, right, and bring bring them along on the journey. That's a big propeller for the business case. You can achieve value a lot faster, ROI is higher, you know, your, your break-even period is a lot shorter. So that's one question that has significant impact. The second question is, how do you prioritize business functionality? Because a lot of times what happens is you start talking to the business leaders, you get them excited and they'll say, hey, here is my pipeline of use cases, right? There's 10 of these and here's five more from a different business leader. But you as the leader of the cloud program need to be able to say, I'm going to choose the highest value use cases first so that I can get much needed push into the business case. So like having that prioritization mindset for the things that will drive the most value. And Jonathan, to your point, right? Like it could be revolving credit or a fraud platform, or it could be a customer experience or a commercial analytics platform, right? Where do you put your first dollar? Hey, having a hypothesis on that. And then there is a little bit of, you know, like what is my target adoption in cloud and how fast do I want to get there? Because yes, you know, you, you get there faster, there is lower double bubble and your business case may look nicer, but it may not be as achievable, right? Because faster move to cloud, higher adoption in a smaller period of time also means a big amount of change and risk for organization. And that could look good on paper, but it might not translate into reality. So really thinking about that. So these are my three main questions that I ask my clients for. And there's maybe a longer list, but you know, at least these three. And Tom, McKinsey are obviously a major partner for Amazon Web Services. When we're speaking to customers with McKinsey or McKinsey engaging on their own with a customer, what, what are we helping McKinsey to help our customers with? What tools and services can we you know, help them to help the customers with? So we have a lot of different programs. We really, and the, and the business case one, for instance, we really try to work with McKinsey to say, hey, we're going to invest right? To really help our customers understand that. And I like what Chavi was saying around that part of it, because the divergent part is, let's think of a lot of them, but not only prioritize on the value, but also on the effort level and the preparedness of the clients to take advantage of that. Because part of it is, do you have the right data? Is it all there? But really working with McKinsey and AWS, we work together and invest in, in driving those business cases with our customers to say, let's 
understand them. Let's put that together. Let's, again, make sure we're ready for it. Again, we look at the data, the architecture, everything around that. We certainly make sure there are well-architected reviews around that to make sure we're ready. And then really prioritize those. And we find those two to three that both are high impact and again, high impact and ready to do, then we really dive in and work mm-hmm. with the customer to build out those business cases and then invest with McKinsey to develop those. And that's been very powerful at being able to then communicate it to the business and get that business buy-in and alignment to drive them forward. And we've been excited to do that, have done that in several different cases with customers. We hope you're enjoying this discussion. To join the conversation and engage with other business leaders on these topics, follow us on LinkedIn at AWS Executive Connection. I'm going to move us sort of sideways a little bit and, and into some of the detail. Now, one of the one of the conversations I get a lot from leaders, and I'm really interested, Chavi, to understand your experience and Tom, your perspective on this as well, is a lot of people talk about this almost being this fourth wave of industrialization that industry is going through, you know, all the way back from the third wave being in the early 1800s, the Industrial Revolution. But what I find is a lot of the organizational constructs, we're still actually leveraged into a lot of silos in our businesses. And a lot of the conversation and, and, and looking at some of the McKinsey research and some of your peers in the industry, and I think it's sort of like the 80th percentile plus where CXOs are starting going, is my operating model correct? What do I need to do here to get the most value out? And certainly what I saw from my transformation experience was suddenly we're moving from a world where we've got a lot of silos functional silos. And we're moving to a world where actually a leader just wants to get a business outcome delivered, supported, and probably now iterated on because it's delivering something unique to their business. Chavi, can you speak to how you're helping customers leverage this? Because one of the customers talked to me recently said, look, I see cloud and agile going together like peanut butter and jelly. What's your perspective on this? You're exactly right, Jonathan. As we were talking about the reasons why some things are not successful, some clients sometimes are not successful. And one of the reasons for that is the not having the right operating model, both in terms of the having the right sort of product or agile operating model to leverage cloud, but then also like operating in cloud once you're there. So that then does tend to be a focus of a lot of our conversations with our clients. One thing that we recommend to our clients is that they organize around products. Basically, all the principles of Agile, et cetera, applied in a persistent product team where you have a cross-functional team, you have a product manager or a product owner that's deciding what the user wants and how that should flow down into the product. And then you have the right technical powerhouse, right, to make sure that that product is designed and hosted on cloud in a sustainable way, that which is right in the right architecture of the client. We often help clients think through that product operating model combined with the DevOps model at the back end so that the operations also are in that larger product team. And that model works really well. By the way, we've seen that every time that model is applied, customers do see successful outcomes. I think now where the challenges are, are to scale it, right? Like companies have been able to do it in an experimental fashion or make a separate digital factory or a digital pod fashion. But how do we make it mainstream and scale it so that it can apply to the critical mass of their products? That's where the challenge is next. 
And Chavi, if I can move to Tom now. Now, Tom, a lot of people ask us at Amazon, how do we organize ourselves? People are always really interested in that question. And I'm always saying you should never, ever photocopy somebody else's culture or operating model. You need to make your business your business. But there's always a lot of shared lessons learned. One of the ways we do that is with this concept of a single-threaded leader versus a single-threaded owner. Do you want to just share another tangential outcome as to how Amazon does that for the audience? The single-threaded leader really helping bring it together. And really, Chavi, goes with your idea of a product kind of thing, but also our two pizza teams, right? You want to bring all the right people together to make sure that you can take the idea from the idea to really fruition and then support it ongoing, right? And I think that's a really critical part of it. Jonathan, you're sort of getting at it, but we also don't have like IT is control of everything. We really democratize data. So we've really pushed that out there. So the team has what they need, including IT. And this is one of the changes that I see companies looking at, as you talked about the model, IT model of saying, hey, it's all centralized. So how do I make sure that the teams that are moving it forward in a product kind of way have all the stuff they need, right? Including the data they need, the right data scientists, the IT they need, very easily accessible so they can move faster. They can get this done in a very judicious way that will then allow them to unlock that. Or as you said, Jonathan, before, find out it's not going to work fast, right? And that's the key part of it. And I see that we certainly do it in Amazon and AWS, but I think it's really spilling over to a lot of companies saying, hey, if I can get that single threaded leader, I can build that team appropriately, give them the resources and support necessary to move quickly. We can then move at a speed that hasn't been seen before. And that's certainly what we focus on at at AWS. Now, I'm going to build on what you've both just said. And uh, one of the questions I get asked a lot is moving to these products or these business outcome teams. How do we do that? What's really interesting in my team where there's sort of 15 former CIOs and CTOs, and a lot of us like moved that way, but we actually mapped out over 155 blockers by the way, that we find enterprises typically run into when they try to move to that model, right? I'm not going to go into all of those blockers now, but so many of them for us, and and one of the most tangential lessons I'll share is if you're bringing together a team of multi-skilled, empowered individuals, their full-time equivalence is going to add up to quite an amount of money for your business. Like, just calculate if they're blocked waiting on another team to do something for them. What's that blocked time costing you and your customers? And what as a leader are you going to do to lean into that blockage and remove it? And that's been a super interesting journey as we're helping many of our customers reach that different plateau of sort of productivity to get to that point. I'm going to bring it back. I want to sort of get you to share some really quick, simple tips on getting going in the right way. And Chavi, if I can start with you, you know, if you're already in the cloud or if you've dipped your toe in the water, but you want to go faster, you're seeing a compelling business case. What's the two or three things people can do to go really fast? I think, Jonathan, it comes back to some of the themes that we've already discussed. I think there are only three things that I would recommend clients do to either get unstuck or start whenever they are. Number one is identifying really the high value use cases that they want to prioritize building in cloud to show the right value, to gain the right momentum, to prove the business case. Number two is solve the technical problems, which is what should be my cloud architecture? What kind of foundation do I want? What type of automation, security controls, right? Like having a good sort of foundation and design is couple. And number three is having the right operating model. So having the teams that can really organize in a way that they break the silos that we've been talking about and really make use of cloud to go to market faster and prove the worth of cloud through some of the lighthouses that then inspire the, the rest of the organization. 
I'd say cloud adoption is a team sport. And so I think it's about one, articulating that value as you're talking to Chavi and getting that value, but then going out, you talked about getting out of your office and talking to your team, but really going across the organization, understand who this is going to impact, make sure they understand it, make sure they understand how they're going to be involved, what they need to, to engage with to make it successful. Because when you get moving on this, if it gets push to IT to do it, it's going to be very difficult. You need them to understand and again, prioritize all those blockers you talked about, Jonathan, they're out there. But if you have that buy-in, especially senior and executive buy-in, you can then move those blockers because they're going to happen. We've all been in organizations for a long time. We know they're there. But if you've got that buy-in and you've done that, I'll call the groundwork, right? To really have that, then I think you're going to move forward because, again, 75% of the value is going to come from the business side, right? And so if they're not understanding their involvement and they take a backseat, you're going to get back to that stuck thing and moving forward. So I would say make sure you have a good business case, but then get out there and talk to the people. Build that. Don't start building the, yes, we got to move on the cloud side, but build the team that's going to help you be successful as you move forward. Awesome. And building on both what you said, I find like lesson one is if the executive committee doesn't understand the why. So coming back to what you both said, like what's the business case? If the executive committee is not super clear on that, it's not a bottom-up approach is not going to work. The second thing building on what you said is reskilling your folks and finding multiple mechanisms to help folks reskill is going to be key. Classroom training, yes, useful. Pair programming, this ability of, of figuring something out with somebody who's already done it. Online training with AWS Skills Builder or you know a cloud guru, one of our partners in the marketplace. A safe place to build in an AWS account. So I think you know after that, why that empowerment? So suddenly folks are going. Actually, there is a much better way to do this, and I know how to do it. I'm not fearing for my role change so much, and, and I can get going. A lot of it's change management, exactly what you're saying. Make sure to, to think about that early. That gets the training part, the business part. It is going to be a change. So make sure you plan for that. I think a lot of times we get to our comfort zone of our technology and what we can do really well, but it's that change management. I just make sure that's part of it. I think you're, you're sort of hinting at Jonathan around that whole thing. Tom, if you think of all of the customers you've helped, a lot of our partners you've engaged with over the last five years, what is the one customer success story that sticks in your mind where you're going, wow, that's really interesting. I hadn't considered that. I haven't seen that. The, the one that really sticks in my mind, you know, which is just kind of like wowed me is the NASDAQ markets matching engine, which launched this sort of Q4 last year. You know, for a long time, some of the naysayers in cloud were saying, well, the latency is never going to be right to look at all these use cases of low latency, high frequency trading. And, and really, when you look at what NASDAQ have done, a long time customer with Amazon Web Services, and they worked with us to do some really interesting engineering with outposts and really get that to a position where they're super comfortable with some incredible results to even get even better latency as they move their matching engine to the cloud to deliver even better results for their customers. That was the one that really sticks out in my mind. And by the way, folks, if you want to go deep on that, there's a really good video of NASDAQ talking about that at AWS reInvents. Just go onto YouTube, search for that, and that'll be available. Tom, what's your example? My example is really the one that sort of makes me step back on it is really what Moderna did, right? I mean, they were able to look at the sequence of their mnRNA for COVID-19 and 
literally complete the vaccine in almost two days using machine learning and AI ML to really do that and then get a clinical batch out in like, I think it was 25 days later. That kind of leveraging of the technology, and I think it's going to continue to go in healthcare and life sciences, even in the manufacturing part of it, is just incredible, right? And I think we're just beginning to go, but that I step back and go, wow, <laughs> like, like you said, that is just impressive around it. And I think we're just beginning to really unlock that full potential in that space. I'll tell you about one of the clients that, that I helped in their cloud journey, a pharma company, right? So very traditional in the way they operate and very traditional in the way like products for them are pharma products. They don't think about technology as product, right? When they thought of their cloud program, they had one leg of the cloud program being all about innovation. And so we saw them leverage their cloud platform to deliver this mobile app that for some of the patients that they needed some donation from, like some sort of like tissue donation, plasma donation, stuff like blood donation, that kind of thing. And they rolled out those apps in a matter of four weeks. And then after that, an iterative cycle of every two weeks, which was a thing that they had never done, was never a part of their DNA. They had never done anything like that. That's what I meant by really organizing yourself differently in a lighthouse that could then inspire the rest of the organization to become like you. That's going to grab the attention of the executive committee, right? Suddenly, some executives walking in going, hey, have you seen what we've just done? And everyone else is like, really, how did you do that? I want some of that also. Tom, Chavi, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks, folks, for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conversations with Leaders brought to you by AWS Executive Insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us spread the word and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Visit aws.amazon.com slash executive insights for more on these topics.